0: Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started.
1: Welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Uh, Today, our guest is Dominic Pace. Dominic is a character actor in television and film with nearly 100 credits to his name. He's best known for playing one of a one-of-a-kind bounty hunter in the recent Disney, The Mandalorian. He says that the business of acting has been a difficult journey, but with written determination, he's managed to have a solid career doing what he loves. And we're going to get into that career today as we, we talk about the ups and downs of, of being in Hollywood. Dominic, we're so thrilled to have you on the show.
2: Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hello to all your students and uh, all the best wishes and all their endeavors as well. Thank you.
1: Yeah, this has been a crazy time, but what an opportunity to chat with people like you. So I'm excited uh, today to get into your story. Uh, Let's go back in time and start at the beginning. When did you think, when was the first time you thought,
2: I want to be in Hollywood? Well, my mother and I used to play all these high school musicals when we had the chores, my sister and I, growing up in a town called Austin, New York, about 40 minutes north of New York City. Uh One of the musicals that you would play all the time was Grease. And for a guy, you know, for an Italian-American, that was kind of, you know, a little bit more cool than, you know, West Side Story or Oklahoma. So I really attached myself to Grease. Anyhow, long story short, hard to imagine. I used to be a handsome young kid. I played Danny Zuko when I was 16 years old no. uh, in my high school musical. It was a packed audience. I loved baseball. Baseball was my first dream. But uh, when I felt that, that adrenaline rush from singing and the crowd cheering, all my friends there, supporting me i never felt anything like it i never felt so alive in my life and i knew from that point on as difficult as this journey was going to be as hard it was going to be as it was going to be even if i didn't make make it to being the top one percent uh it was something i always wanted to pursue and so grateful i stuck with it that's so cool
1: now it's funny because as you mentioned um your experience with greece i'm just thinking of our audience most of them have no idea what greece was it's so before their time but I can just say it's the equivalent of this gen well not even this generation's but the last generation's high school musical that was kind of it was the musical that defined the generation uh and and for us that certainly was Greece and so it's fun that that's how you kind of got into it uh were you on the stage at a young age like when was the first time
2: you started doing uh theater and stuff like that Sure, I always participated in the high school plays. In eighth grade, uh, there was a local opera company, actually, in uh, Dobbs Ferry, New York. And they were doing a performance of La Tosca. I got an offer to go down to the Metropolitan, um, uh, the, the Met, uh, from one of some of the producers. But my mother was very, very overprotective. you know, and, and obviously, for obvious reasons, you hear some of these stories now that are a little bit nightmarish and such. So she was a little protective of that. But I always just still had that bug. And when I was 18 years old, I went to one year of college. I told my mom, you know, I went to Poughkeepsie. I was in Poughkeepsie, New York, at Marist College. But I told her, you know, this is just in my blood. Uh, To be honest with you, a four-year degree in acting really isn't going to cut it as far as, you know, unless you're going to Yale or Northwestern. Um, So it was something to where I wanted to really just take a two-year program down in the city, save my mother the money. She was a single mom. uh, And and really start pounding the pavement as early as 18. Uh, Now, with that came a tremendous amount of odd jobs. But at the same time, I was ready for that sacrifice. I still have been and uh, to this day. And uh, the journey has been really exciting. Uh, a lot of uh, major accomplishments, uh, whether guest starring on network television, uh, being in my childhood favorite franchise, uh, Star Wars, the Star Wars universe. Um, and also, in uh, I, I was a, wanted to be a baseball player. One of my first uh, films was For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. Nice. So I to fill that dream out of playing at Yankee Stadium with Kevin Costner, uh, the original Yankee Stadium. Uh, so, so many dreams along the way, but a lot of sacrifice in between as well.
1: Yeah, that's incredible.
2: So when did you take the plunge? I, I mean,
1: obviously, just to go to New York in the first place and start um, working odd ends and, and
2: getting gigs there, when did you move from New York uh, to L.A.? When did you make that plunge? When I was doing For Love of the Game with Universal Pictures and Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston, John C. Riley, J.K. Simmons in 1998, uh, the second assistant director offered me five days of work out in Los Angeles. My wife's family were fishermen in San Pedro, California, uh, I had a film coming out with Miramax films. I starred in a film in Singapore. I got to be flown to Singapore. Oh. One of my first movies and a cheesy spinoff. I played John Travolta again in a film called that's the way I like it. I think it's lingering on Netflix or Amazon. It's a fun, campy film. Uh, but in 1998, I made the move. Uh, and uh, starting in 2002, a steady diet of co-stars and guest stars on television. It took me a few years to grind it out just to even get that first role, that speaking role. Um, but ever since almost a hundred credits to my name. And, uh, very grateful for all the opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been a long career, but as you mentioned before, a cool opportunity to be on some of your favorite childhood um, projects like Star Wars. And we have to talk about that for a while because The Mandalorian is amazing. What was it like to be part of that project and, and to be able to live that childhood dream of
2: being involved in Star Wars? Well, you hit the nail on the head. You know, childhood really was so magical for me at the movie theater. For anyone who grew up in the 80s, you had Goonies, Back to the Future, Karate Kid, Stand By Me, uh, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, and, and obviously the legendary Star Wars, E.T. Uh, the list goes on and on, Gremlins. It inspired me so much in the movie theater that I wanted to be part of that action. Of course, for every actor, their dream is to win an Academy Award, but it was less about sort of the high-end uh, profile stuff in terms of uh, the craft itself and wanting to be part of that adventure so being able to set my set foot on set my first playset was a cantina playset. and to actually step foot into a real cantina inside the universe as a one of a kind bounty hunter uh it was one of the greatest experiences of my career again it's not necessarily an acting accolade but it was just more of a dream come true uh from an 80s child there uh, just beyond words yeah well i i can
1: imagine we're probably about the same age and same hairstyle and everything too. It's great. <laughs> but but um, I, I can't even imagine, I mean, because I grew up with that in that Star Wars universe and, and how, how amazing that must be. We've hit a lot of the highlights of, of being in Hollywood and working through, but let's talk about some of the realities of being a working actor in Hollywood. What are some of the things that maybe you wish you'd known 20 or 30 years ago
2: uh, before really pursuing uh, this career in Hollywood? You know, it's funny you say that because I don't have any regrets in regards to the way I went about it. I never held back um, as far as there was not one year where I did not have complete grit and grind towards my dream. If there was anything that I could say, it's just in regards to the advice of staying very grounded. A lot of actors, you know, they think that, you know, you you come to this town and it's sort of this foo-foo lifestyle that you see on Instagram or, or Facebook with some of the top 1%. A lot of it is a lot of the odd jobs to where you need to stay humble in between the gigs. This year, I mean, especially with the COVID, it's like, how do you survive? And unfortunately, it's not as glamorous as it is when you appear on television. Now, you live for that one dream, you know, say an NFL athlete for that one touchdown or that one sack uh, to, you know, to get the quarterback in the end zone. But in between that, it's how much work you put in. And a lot of the work for this industry, a lot of the odd jobs, the beautiful news for all the youth growing up right now, the opportunities that you have in terms of independent contracting that we didn't have before are priceless. The only thing is you have to stay very humble. You're talking about Uber, you're talking about Instacart, um, waiting tables, uh, all different jobs. Uh, Friends of mine who own moving companies to where I can have work and put food on the table, but at the same time, be able to not have a steady job, which is unfortunate. But to where, you know, you get a call from your agent for tomorrow, you need to be at that appointment. You get a call to film over in Atlanta, you have to be gone for a week. There's no professional job, more or less, that's going to be able to, you're going to be able to hold down when you have that kind of schedule. So the beautiful thing about this uh, age coming up is that there's about three to four apps that you can use in order to have day jobs in most major cities to where you're able to survive, but also at the same time have that flexibility. So when that opportunity comes, just like this makeup test in Star Wars, I'm completely free. I'm able to be there and uh, still fulfill my dream. That's awesome. So
1: is that a lot of how you've done then lived your career is you've just been ready. You've been available. So as opportunities come, you've been able to swoop in. I know as a working actor, you must be auditioning all the time. Um, How, how do
2: you land a role like, like you did with the Mandalorian? Uh, Well, you know, first of all, I can't say enough about training, you know, the most important thing, even though I said, you know, four years of college, a degree in acting isn't necessarily um, uh, essential at the same Mm -hmm. time, you really need to put in that time for the work. It looks effortless when you look at some of the most talented actors in the history of Hollywood. You know, you look at Jimmy Stewart and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, my God, I could do that tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. not that easy. You know, there are some naturals, you know, you have the Leonardo DiCaprio's and uh, Toby Maguire's, et cetera, who are child actors and, and all of a sudden just become so organic through that process. But for most of us, you need to train. So you start with the training. The great thing, again, with technology right now, especially with the COVID crisis, is the eco-cast, where you're able to go online from home. You're able to put that audition on from home. And the great thing about that is you're able to hold down more odd jobs quicker, as opposed to taking an entire day off, which I used to have to do in New York City in order to get down and commute into New York City and then go back. Uh, It it took an entire day. Uh, Most important thing, I mean, you know, a lot of people, they would love to have that country house in the middle of. Uh, Colorado, or you'd like to be in Kentucky, and you know, buy a nice two hundred thousand dollar house. You have to go to a major city. You know, you most uh, likely recommended is either New York, uh, Los Angeles, and also at the same time, um, uh, 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 New York and, and Atlanta. There, right? Yeah, yeah
1: and uh, the the interesting thing with that is there are opportunities, and so where there's more opportunities, of obviously in New York, in Atlanta in la maybe in london if you're on the other side of the pond there are opportunities there but there are opportunities to get started almost anywhere which is amazing you know even if you are out in rural areas like you mentioned there there are um programs like backstage i think is a a a program online where you can sign up and you can look for roles in your community and so that exists um It's hard. How has that change in technology affected what you do day-to-day, year-to-year in the industry?
2: Are you using all those apps now? Absolutely. Backstage.com, ActorsAccess.com, and LACasting.com. You're able to isolate not only your type, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, 40 years old, uh, bald, imposing, you know, uh, guards, things like that, to where you're able to zone in on the roles that you can apply for. But also at the same time, you're able to audition for a project in Texas, a project in Michigan. Um, you know, what I've always isolated is that if I have family in a certain town, I will put myself down as a local hire, giving me more employment opportunities in other states. Because sometimes L.A. and New York tend to be oversaturated. Last right. year, I did a project in Michigan. I did a project in Atlanta and also a feature film in Texas as well. Right. Uh, those uh, projects would not have been possible had it not been for EcoCast, where I can put myself on tape. Submit it and email it, do it in the comfort of my own home, and also at the same time, uh, be able to capitalize on more work from those opportunities.
1: That's really cool. What an amazing time to be alive if you want to be
2: a working actor. It's awesome. Back in the day, oh my God, you would have to get the newspaper backstage. You would have to go down to the mail and submit your headshot which they might've made or already made their decision on Monday and they get your head shot on Wednesday. And then you'd have this big bulky VHS or a, a Betamax tape to show your reel. So you'd be pay, paying money not only for your photos and also for your, uh, your VHS tapes, but now it's just a piece of cake. Everything's uh I haven't had to reproduce photos in probably over a year now. Wow. That's incredible. So
1: it's been cool to hear your journey and, and some of the ups and downs of that. Let's look forward now if you had a dream project that you could be part of, maybe a
2: cast or a particular movie or show, what would be your, your dream at this point in Hollywood? Well, I'm about to go on a 45-day tour. It's a 95, uh, 100 mile trip with my son, campaigning uh, where we're supporting small businesses, local comic book shops, to campaign mm-hmm. my bounty hunter to hopefully be in future seasons of The Mandalorian. Um, right. Ideally, the most important thing, Is to hopefully uh, continue on with that character, just because I love the Star Wars universe. But ideally, being the type that I am, Italian Americans, you know, I don't mind being typecast uh, as a detective or the heavy or the tough guy. Uh, I'd love to. I've been a recurring, and I've also had a lot of guest stars on a lot of the crime dramas. But to have a series regular would obviously be a dream come true, because one season uh, can certainly pay off a regular sized house in in the United States, and that would be obviously uh, ideal there.
1: That's cool. Well, the best of luck to you. Thank you for spending this time with us on virtual school assembly if kids want to follow you online where's the best time or best place to find you
2: absolutely dominic pace all over facebook instagram uh twitter and then also gecko the bounty hunter.com uh, to follow my whole uh, journey with the bounty hunter there but also at the same time just want to wish all the kids all the best in their endeavors there's no safety in it in life so make sure that you pursue what makes you happy because at the end of the day that's really what's going to matter over any type of material well in my opinion Thanks,
0: that's great. Thank you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to virtual assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this virtual assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.